Hello, my name is Kayla. And my name is Camille. And this is Living Two or More. A podcast where we interview people who are biracial. We talk about identity, family traditions, belonging, and so much more. This has been a passion project for Camille and I for years. Life got in the way for a little bit, but we are so happy to finally release these episodes. Each episode will also include a check-in with the person, since a lot has changed for all of us. Thank you to everyone who encouraged us to release these episodes. It was an honor to talk to all of these people. Thanks and enjoy living two or more. I can't believe we have made it to the final episode. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, and we just want to thank everyone who sat down with and shared their story with us. Since they were so honest with us, we thought we should do the same. Today's episode, Camille and I interview each other. Please enjoy our final episode of Living Two or More, and stick around after to listen to what we have been up to. Now we get to interview each other. Exactly. Not that we don't know a lot of stuff about each other, but... It'll be exciting. Yeah, we thought we would um, take time to answer the questions that we have been posing to other people. So I'm Camille. I'll be interviewing Kayla. And I'm Kayla. And I'll be interviewing Camille. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So, Kayla, remind me <laughs> your ethnicity and background. So, preface I just got a 23andMe done. Mm. Um, but before that, my understanding was that I was half Filipino. My mom is full Filipino. Okay. Um, from the Philippines, and my dad, who was born in Kentucky, was some kind of European. I was always told he was like an Irish guy, but that was it. Like I didn't know, and I know my last name Coombs is Welsh. But, oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. And so, but I got my twenty three and Me done, and I am fifty five point five percent European and forty three point five percent um. <laughs> Asian, I guess is what they said, or Pacific Islander Asian. Um, I ended up being only 37.5% Filipino, which is wow. like not what I thought. I thought I would at least be in the 40 range um, because I'm a half from my mom who's right, full Filipino. Right. But I guess if she's not full Filipino, then my percentages just keeps going down. Yeah. Obviously, but still very, very strange. Was it weird? Yeah, it was so weird. I mean, you spit in a thing. Okay, and so it's not a blood test. No, <laughs> like, they don't. You have to prick your own finger. <laughs> strong to turn. Yeah. Me. Okay. <laughs> don't want blood. Um, no, it was just a spit in a tube type thing, and you sent it away. Um, That's crazy. It is crazy. I want to do it, but I also have some strong reservations because I have in my mind, like, what I am, what it says on paper. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, if it came out anything other than, which I have, you're not the first person to say, like, oh, I thought it was this, but actually I'm this, then I don't know. Like, what would, would that shatter my world? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But would I be like, whoa, you know, like, I'm sure there would be some thought. Yeah. And, like, decompressing after it. And is, like, is that worth? maybe realizing that what you've identified as is wrong like I don't know like maybe if you're right. if you don't want to know then you don't have to know the specific numbers yeah you can just yeah know what you are from what you've been told right I guess right yeah so let's talk about your ethnicity <laughs> and background <laughs> okay so I think we have this has come out in prior um interviews but so I have a Japanese last name and my dad is Japanese Hawaiian so by nature when people see me with my parents they assume like oh your mom is your half and half because your mom is white and your dad is um 
Japanese, but I'm actually adopted and it's reversed. And so my mom is 100%, my biological mother is 100% to my knowledge. Yeah. Vietnamese. <laughs> and my father um, is French. So I'm French Vietnamese wow. with a Japanese last name. Yeah. And fully American, American Hawaiian culture. Mm -hmm. But yeah. <laughs> that's so, insane yeah it is it's very multicultural but it, well I guess actually people have said oh that's so multicultural it's like kind of but not really because I mean I was we'll get into that yeah but, yeah I mean mm -hmm. just yeah do you <laughs> I mean we don't have to get like too personal but like did you grow up knowing you were adopted Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And my parents were never like ashamed to talk about it with me. I knew from like as far back as I can remember, but I think that I personally didn't like to talk about it. Um because it's like you only have you only know one set of parents, right? Mm -hmm. So like they're your parents, so to call out a difference as a little kid, it's like why mm -hmm. totally <laughs> so yeah I remember like growing up I never wanted to tell my friends and even now as an adult it's not something that I just put on the table mm -hmm. like choosing to co-host this podcast was kind of interesting because I was like oh well I want to be really transparent mm -hmm. when we interview other people yeah and stuff but yeah it was um yeah it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> did did you, do you remember, like, a time when you were young and you knew you were adopted that you wondered what your background was? Like, okay, no, so this is super interesting. Okay. I <laughs> never did. Really? Uh, no, and I, I don't know why. I think I was, well, I was very, a very active child, mm -hmm. and I was <laughs> going in a million directions and stopping to focus on that just, like, didn't really occur to me, but I have a sister also adopted not my biological sister, but my mm -hmm. sister, and she was the complete opposite. She's wanted to know since, like, as far as she can remember. Yeah. And um, she's actually done the 23andMe also mm. to find out, and she has connected with some of her relatives, wow. which is crazy. So she's always had that interest and, you know, learned the Vietnamese language and um, really wanted to submerse herself in that culture. And it's not to say that I was ashamed by any means. I just truly didn't really have an interest. Yeah. Because we we weren't raised with the Vietnamese culture as children. Yeah. So it didn't really apply. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's probably horrible. No, no. Did you, <laughs> I mean, you all yeah. like figure it out yeah in a different way when yeah. when was it that you learned or wanted to know like my own heritage yeah or oh I mean I think I asked the general question yeah you know when my parents said well you were adopted from Vietnam um I wanted to see my birth certificate mm -hmm. and I wanted to know um the name that I was born with or whatever and so that is when I like when I was looking at um the certificate I was like oh well it's interesting it's clearly a mm -hmm. I don't know I guess I was little so I didn't pay too much attention my parents yeah. didn't tell me like okay well your father is French and your mom is white or Vietnamese, Vietnamese. yeah <laughs> so but then when I like 
I studied um, French in university and I actually going back before university, I had a strong interest in the French culture. So mm-hmm. I will stop and say, yeah, I did always have yeah. an interest in the French specifically. Weird. Like, I, really I wonder if that was like subconscious. Just, yes. I really think it was mm-hmm. because I was such a little Francophile and I still <laughs> am. I still have such a, like a soft spot yeah. for that country and I am becoming more interested in Vietnam too. I mean, it's it's tied with France, right? Yeah. But I mean, um, for its own like its own identity I'm more curious about mm-hmm. Vietnam now but yeah I remember growing up I wanted to know a lot about France that's crazy yeah uh, so your dad is Japanese, Japanese Hawaiian. Hawaiian and your mom yeah actually my dad is truly multicultural because he is four things he's most largely Japanese and Hawaiian but he's also a little bit of Chinese and a little bit of Portuguese too oh snap so yeah that's he's cool. truly multicultural mm-hmm um, and then my mom is just completely Scottish. Oh, oh, wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> she is one hundred percent Scottish. Yeah, and it goes her lineage like they can trace it back. Yeah. By the way, so wow. Yeah, and that was the weird. Th- okay, I think that might have been the other thing is that just growing up, it was so natural because I had a Japanese last name, and you look, and my dad is mm-hmm. Asian, and my mom is white. No one ever suspected that I was adopted. Yeah. So, like, where do you drop that in? Like, mm-hmm. I'm adopted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in Vancouver. Okay. In Vancouver, Washington, mm-hmm. which is very, very white. Yeah. <laughs> Super white. <laughs> white. I mean, they're my minorities. I say that in air quotes are primarily Russian, so more white. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't, like, that was, you know, it's just, I had a very suburban childhood and we'll get into um traditions and stuff but yeah I think that I wasn't really raised with any Asian culture either so my mom was very much the matriarch yeah so a lot of English tradition yeah and stuff which I loved I mean we had a few a few Japanese words that we used around the house Mm -hmm. and everything and you know I take that back we are definitely a family that removes our shoes (laughs) before you enter the house and that is very Japanese Mm -hmm. so yeah but um anyway so I was raised in Vancouver and then um when I was 18 I left for Canada to go to undergrad university. So I lived five years in Canada, both the East and the West coasts. Um, and they are much more of a multicultural country yeah. than the U S mm-hmm. I and mean, they celebrate it. I, I should say that I yeah. mean, we're multicultural too, but they really elevate each individual ethnic group. And, um, so the West side of Canada is like Asian capital. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting to suddenly going from Vancouver, Washington High School, private, all white school, where I was one of three minorities. Oh my gosh. In my school, to suddenly going to a university where it's like the majority of people are not white. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all coming to the school because of its business school. And that was super interesting because everyone wants to know, like, where are you from? And, like, okay, you say the U.S., but they're like, oh, well, what's your background? Though? Yeah. So, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whatnot. So, I got used to it. I mean, by the time I graduated, I feel like I would be like, oh, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, but I loved my time in Canada. That's good. Yeah. And what's interesting is so West Coast was largely Asian, and the side is all Canadian, French Canadian, right? Oh, yeah. So, I was, like, feeding both of them. <laughs> 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 did you learn yeah. French yes oh. yeah so 
growing up, um, my dad was like, you will study uh, Spanish because we're on the West Coast of the United uh -huh. States. So I took four years, five years, because I was in a Spanish immersion school in the elementary school. But um, five years of Spanish. And then as soon as I got to university and could choose my own foreign language, I chose French. French. Yeah, and came pretty close to minoring in it. But Have you ever been to France? Mm-hmm. Did you feel... I burst into tears when I got there, Kayla. Yeah! I, w I mean, did you feel a yeah. weird type of belonging or... I did. That's crazy. I totally did. Yeah. I, I flew into Charles de Gaulle, and I think um, it was a culmination of just, like, being super excited and seeing all of the people and being like, oh, my gosh, like, these are so my people, to also just being so fascinated with that country for so long mm -hmm. and finally stepping foot down there and knowing like it's more than just a tourist yeah, like, yeah I mean obviously I went as only a tourist uh -huh. but um yeah it was your blood runs kind of emotional in, yeah. yeah which is really weird because the, I feel like second to wanting to the first question I always get asked when people learn I'm adopted is do you like do you want to learn about your family that's the first one mm -hmm. and then the second one is do you want to go back to your home country and up until I would say a couple of years ago I've never had an interest to go to Vietnam yeah but now because I was in France in 2014 and it the wheels started turning in my head and I actually wonder now if because of the way I reacted when I got to France mm -hmm. if it would hit me in the same way or yeah. similar if I went was to go to Vietnam and I actually think that now given like I've grown up a little mm -hmm. bit I think it would anyway yeah I've never actually been to the Philippines okay um my mom was born oh you haven't no so my mom was born in the Philippines and moved here when she was 13 so okay. she was really young. She moved with my brother, my uncle, not my brother, um, with my grandma. Okay. And um, she, so I think in the Philippines, from my mom's understanding, from what I've taken from it, they like teach you English and Tagalog, which is like the Filipino language. Okay. One of the so like Philipp the Philippines has like many dialects. Do they? So my mom was thirteen when they got when her mom and my grandpa got divorced. And but they met and they both spoke different Filipino dialects, but. Whoa. They knew English, so okay. they, like, conversed in English, which is crazy to me. But, so, I think my mom assimilated pretty well here okay. because she knew English. Yeah. Um, she was, like, the dark-skinned right. woman. Um, they moved to Illinois, um, where I'm okay. sure was predominantly, predominantly white, white, where she was. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's weird because... When people look at me, especially Filipinos, they don't think that I'm Filipino or really? they don't know. They okay. think that I'm some kind of Asian. Like, I think that even though I might not seem in, seemingly fit in if I was there because yeah. people wouldn't right. realize that I was, um, I would still like to see where my mom grew up. Oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, it's weird because I did, I mean, I know that I, I felt emotional landing in France because I just have an affinity for that country. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if for me, Vietnam, it's because I was born there. Yeah. You know, like that's different than just like really liking a country. Mm -hmm. And for you, like going back, there would be your own emotional ties yeah. to it. But I'm wondering if mine strictly, you know, like straight up because like, hey, I was born and I lived my first six months there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. More than that, because yeah. your mom was, you were in your mom's belly for nine right. months. Like, right. It's a place where I'm sure you might step into and like, yeah, end up feeling a different kind of way that you never even thought. Yeah, yeah. So, do um, you? I mean, I'm gonna. Ask you, do you talk to the about this to your your parents about like? No, they've been like super open, and they've always been like, if you ever want to go back, like go. You know, like you know, they offer growing up like we can take you. Do you want to go mm-hmm. or whatever? And I just didn't. Um. I mean, I think they were going to, like, wait till we were in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so we could appreciate uh-huh. it or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, there are open books. I mean, my dad is more quiet. I think it might be the Japanese way. Mm-hmm. But he will totally entertain the question and dialogue with me. There's, It was never a secret or a shame or yeah. anything like that. So, yeah. Well, I have a question. Okay, yeah. so you were saying that your mom... Um, was born and raised in the Philippines yes. for early on. Mm-hmm. And then she came over and she seemed to assimilate pretty well. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, like you grew up with some of the Filipino tradition totally. and all of that. And so I'm curious, like, yeah, tell me about your childhood. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I really want to know. So my parents met in the Navy. Okay. Um, They were young. Like my dad was early, like, 20, 21, my mom was 22, 23, very, very young when they met. Wow. Um, and obviously they came from very, very different backgrounds. Um, like, cause your dad was from Kentucky. Yeah. From Kentucky. And I mean, there's still like race issues in the South. So I'm sure there was like some things anyway. So they met there and then Kayla was a surprise. Uh, not an accident, a surprise. Um, uh, so my parents, like, like my mom had me at 24. And okay. so, okay. so my dad stayed in the Navy. I was born in Maryland. Okay. And then at, I think it was like at one, we moved to California because my dad got stationed there. Crazy enough, my dad got stationed in Japan while I was there, oh. while we were in California. We moved to Illinois um, when I was, I think, five or six. Okay. And um, we spent a lot of time there. It was really nice. My gram, my grandma, my mom's mom lived there, and a ton of, like, of my mom's side lived in Illinois and Indiana. Okay. So we okay. got a lot of, like, family time. Um, there's a lot of family traditions in the Filipino culture, like this thing called, I think it's called Sambanga Bay, and I'm, like, gonna have to, like, (laughs) fact check myself, myself. (laughs) and I think it's, like, a Christmas tradition, like, a festival of some kind, and there's, um, in one of the things they have, it's called Tinikling, and they take these two long board, like, long, like, logs, they're, like, way long, two people, or one person is on each end, and there's two of them, and they, like, do this little in cadence, like, pounding of them, like, in, in, out, out, in, in, and someone will dance in between the logs, and it's, like, a Filipino tradition, like, it's so strange, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense, like, picture two logs, like, side by side, people holding them on, on the each ground? end, on the ground, like, okay. they're kneeling okay. on the ground, okay, and they're just, like, pounding them in, like, a kind of rhythm, and then the person is dancing in between them, um, so, like, I grew up watching that, I remember, and then there's another one where it's, like, I'm not sure what the Filipino word for it is, but, um, these women would have 
tea lights in their hands, like tea candles, yeah. and do a dance yeah. oh my God. Um, with them on, like very slow and like beautiful moving. They would kneel and they would like do things with their arms yeah. and wear like beautiful garb. So I remember that as well. Um, and like Filipino culture, maybe not culture, but a lot of Filipinos are Catholic. So I was born and raised okay. Catholic. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then so after Illinois, we lived in Tennessee for like a short second. And then we moved here to Oregon when I was 13. So. Wait, Kayla, Maryland to California to Illinois, Illinois to, Tennessee, to Tennessee to Oregon. To Oregon. Okay, yeah, got it. insane. I know. <laughs> so many different places. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, thirteen Oregon. Yes. Got it. So it was like in seventh, in the middle of seventh grade, and so I went to a little bit of middle school, high school, and college here. Okay. But yeah, like Oregon, obviously, you know, same as Washington, predominantly white. Yeah. Beaverton High School. Okay, so you guys settled in the yeah. white ass of Beaverton. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like so I totally feel that mm-hmm. a thousand percent, girl. So at what point were you like, oh, shit? It's weird because I'm not white. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> I don't know because I mean, obviously, you can't see me in a podcast, but like, I have fair skin yep. and yep. like. Oh, you look exotic is yes. like what I've got. That and I'm like, I'm like, we'll get that. we'll that's get not what I want to hear. Right. That's just you trying to like read me yeah. um, or like figure out who I am. Um, I don't know when I noticed. It's weird because I think now I've become more aware of that only with age. But I don't even think in high school I really paid attention too much. And maybe that's because my friends didn't. Yeah. Like, they were, I think they might have known, like, when you'd see my mom or, like, my close friends would ask, but, like, most people just... Right, because you had a German, right? German last name? You have a German yeah, last Welsh, name? Yeah, Welsh, yeah. Welsh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Right, I forgot about that, yeah, okay. Yeah, and, I mean, I think I got it more in college, the what are you question, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if that was, like, people trying to hit on me, um, or, mm-hmm. like... You can show. <laughs> Like, go away. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in college I realized more. Because even, like, U of O, I don't think was very diverse from my understanding. I mean, maybe I was in, like, a different, like, a certain pod of people. But, like, I mean, let me take that back. My best friend from college is, um, her parents are from Mexico. But mostly everyone else was white. Okay. And I don't know if that's just, like, goes with the major that I had or where I was where I lived the people like it could have even just been my dorm like yeah. I was just put in a dorm with a bunch of white people <laughs> like I don't know yeah um but I did get asked a lot more in college I don't know I mean obviously you felt that but yeah. being in Canada yeah um you got asked that a lot I think maybe when I was younger I found it interesting that okay. people were interested in what I was and I didn't take the question like people being nosy or like okay. uh, rude like I didn't know if I when I was younger I don't think I took it that way but now as I'm older um I think I'm realizing like what people wanted out of that answer and I was maybe too young to like realize like they're asking you your background because you look different like you don't look like them and they can't pinpoint what you are yes. so they're gonna go out and say that because you know yourself would never 
be like, oh, you white person, like, what are you? Like, right. not to be rude, right. but, like, I would never do that. Right. Because um, that's weird, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just, like, straight strange. Yeah. And you're only asking me that question because you're unsure of what I am. And for you, you need to know. Right. Like, why? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's because, you, yeah, it, that's how I always felt. Like, okay, so you can't sit with it and just, like, get past it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, exactly. I totally understand. Do you think, like, when you were, like, I don't know when you were, when you first remember being asked that, but did you take it as, like, this person's being super nosy? And maybe you were, like, when you were in college, you realized that people were being nosy? Did you really sit with the question, like, back then? Because I don't think I did. I don't think that I sat with the question at all, because it was... When I look back, I think it truly was the first time that I recall, maybe not, I mean, God, to go 18 years without ever being asked, what are you, or yeah. where are you from, I'm sure it happened, mm-hmm. but very similar to you, growing up as a little kid, like, yeah, all through high school, the majority of my friends were all white, mm-hmm. and it was pretty apparent by my Japanese last name, I was Asian, mm-hmm. and so... It never came up. It wasn't a topic of conversation. I don't know if that was because I was in private school yeah. and people were a little bit, you know, like apprehensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. apprehensive about that. They just, um, it never came up. And um, so, yeah, when I got to university, I think I was more taken aback than anything. I didn't sit with it. It was more like, you know, yeah. and I would answer it and like, you know, brush it under the rug mm-hmm. or want to, like, move on. Totally. And then I just wouldn't go back and think about it yeah. too much. I mean, it wasn't, like, a cut to the core type mm-hmm. of thing. It was just sort of like, okay, that's really weird that, like, why are you so nosy? Why do you yeah, need to know? totally. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that it was probably less offensive. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to use that word. I think it was offensive. Maybe this is offensive. I didn't, I wasn't quite so shocked when another Asian person or another minority would mm-hmm. ask. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, you're in the same boat. Mm-hmm. You're just curious. But if a clearly just white person mm-hmm. asked, then it would be offensive. Yeah. And um, although I wouldn't dwell on it yet, then it would be a little bit more kind mm-hmm. of like, hmm. And there, I mean, I'm sure their intentions are never malice. It's just we have to sit with that a lot. Yeah. Because if we're asked that question once, twice a week, it's like, dude, like, why? Right. Why exactly. do you want to know? Like, what What are you getting out of this? What, right. What's exactly. your goal? What's your end game? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, it's not, obviously, we're not bashing. We're just wondering. Like, I just wonder what. And maybe you're just, maybe, like, they're just interested right. in, like, knowing. But, like, since the question is so heavy on us, it has a different ring when it's exactly. asked by this. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Like, the intent is probably not ill mm-hmm. at all. But it's just, like, thinking ahead or putting yourself in the other person's shoes and understanding that it is a loaded, that is such a mm-hmm. perfect description, it's a loaded question for us, and we get asked that 
far more than the mm-hmm. person asking us yeah. does. So, like, take that into consideration, dude, before you're just like, where are you from? Mm-hmm. No, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I'm from Oregon. Yeah, exactly. No, where are you where? from? Where? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. And then let's go back to this exotic question. Yeah. Like, in college, I got it a lot. Yes, like, me too. Especially in the I summertime. Yeah, in yeah. the summertime, like, I can get tan, mm-hmm. like, because I have my mother's skin as well, and I'll get three or four shades darker than I am now in the winter, and people would just be like, oh, like, you're, like, exotic looking. What is, what is this? What's happening? What's oh, going on? Oh, that is, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to pause right here in this podcast episode and say that is horrifically <laughs> offensive and when it happens enough personally damaging I have had people say what is happening here and that is just like well what's happening with you yeah what's happening with this mouth over here people but man it was it was a source source of (laughs) anger absolutely yeah absolutely and what would you say I remember just like I'm a little meek sometimes and I remember just being like my mom is this I'm like I'm half yes okay I'm half if I um was sober I was a thousand percent meek as well Mm -hmm. and I just wouldn't divulge like my adoption with people so I would be like well I'm half Asian half white yeah done done and I wouldn't give them the satisfaction of telling them like where I was from Mm -hmm. or whatever because it's like you know what you at this point you're drunk and you don't really care Mm -hmm. you're just trying to be funny or whatever insert adjective um yeah if I was drunk, funny story, the most recent time that that happened, and it literally was the phrase, oh, you look exotic, where are you from? It was in Portland here um, a few years back, and I was out at a club, and that was literally his, like, opening line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was also drunk, and I just, like... Okay, I should have told this guy off, but I just turned on my heel and I walked away. Like, mm-hmm. in that case, I was so infuriated. Yeah. So, I guess that's my, neither of those are good, meek or walk away. Yeah. But. What else are you supposed to do? What do you do in those situations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I want to get back to something that okay. you said earlier. Yeah. Um. So, you grew up in, like, a private high school mm-hmm. setting. And you said that people just assume that you were Asian because of your last name. Yeah. And, like, I didn't actually think about that until now because my last, na- last name is, like, white. Yeah. Ambiguous. Whatever. Um, do you feel like you identified or lost a sense of identity because of that? Like, people just assumed you were that because of your last name and, like, didn't... I don't know. It would just be weird to, like... Yeah. Especially being, like... I mean, you were the third. Yeah. You were one of three. So that's even three. difficult on its own. Yeah, um, to be super real, Mm -hmm. I would say in high school, it was a sigh of relief internally to just blend in. Yeah. And that's not something I'm proud of now, Mm -hmm. although 
being super transparent with people is still because this has nothing to do with like race this is just who I am as a person I'm mm -hmm. a very private person so um I still struggle to this day with being open with people about yeah. who I am but in high school especially my personality combined with being literally one of three and granted I didn't go to a big school but I mean one of three mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah you know and that's including faculty mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah, it was just a relief if people would leave me alone yeah. and we wouldn't touch the subject. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say that that was very much my take on it. Mm -hmm. um, I got uncomfortable uncomfor in history class when we would be studying, you know, different countries and stuff. I think also because in high school... Kids have come a long way. Mm -hmm. It's not hopefully. like, I, hopefully, what it was when I was going to school, but I feel like maybe it's still the same. Kids aren't, like, they're learning. They're mm -hmm. not fully yeah. equipped to be tactful. And so even though they knew that my name was Japanese, they would still, um, like, every now and then, because they would say, oh, we forget, like, yeah. oh, you don't really, like, you're one of us, whatever. Uh -huh. um, they'd make a joke, and it would be about a Chinese person, mm -hmm. which is, like, not my ethnicity. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it just always was, like, an uncomfortability, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Uncomfortableness throughout, which was also leading into going to, to school, like, university, when people were much more, I mean, suddenly it was, like, international students from these Asian countries so they definitely knew like mm -hmm. what who a Japanese person was who a Vietnamese person yeah. was a Chinese person and it was not from an immature there was a level of maturity does mm -hmm. that make sense yeah yeah so learning to kind of mm -hmm. accept and embrace and yeah that was that was good yeah and when but, you were in university would you say you were Japanese or would you say you were Asian or would you say you're Vietnamese or like my dad is Japanese or um I would just yeah I would just straight up say my dad's Japanese Hawaiian and um let them do with that yeah, what they wanted exactly, to exactly exactly and um my closest friends knew mm -hmm. definitely but they um were like whoa you really don't ever talk about that we had to ask you and they were very kind when they did so of course I was very transparent with mm -hmm. them but they were like but you leave it out when you talk to the general public <laughs> about that like lying by omission what mm -hmm. and so I for a while I did feel bad about that but then yes. I reached a point where I was like no 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 maybe it is lying by omission but it's really just I don't personally feel like everyone deserves to know my story oh a uh, random yeah, person exactly your personal exactly struggles exactly and um yeah for a very sh um, surface level temporal interaction I didn't feel the need to and sometimes I still don't mm -hmm. um but yeah that's a whole other it's yeah mine runs kind of deeper mm -hmm. I think yeah I don't know no no it totally makes sense and so then moving back here post college do you did you realize like how undiverse oh my gosh like, <laughs> yes 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 uh oh my gosh. I 
it it didn't take long <laughs> being in Canada and then coming back here to realize, oh my god, Portland is so fucking white. Mm-hmm. Vancouver is so fucking white. Um, nothing wrong with that. Um, and I love that like we can get together and do something like this. Yeah. Um just to talk about it. I mean, like if we need to get out how we identify ourselves or like what our experiences are, are based on our background, um, more power to us because yeah, I'm not getting an outlet in any other right. situation. Right. And yeah, that's, that's the question right there, Kayla, is like community in Portland mm-hmm. for fellow people. I mean, you are probably my token. Alex, too, who um, we interviewed earlier. I very, very small handful, less than a handful of friends in the same boat as mm-hmm. me. So yeah, like what does what does community look like for both of us within that regard? Yeah. So let's go with what do you prefer to identify as and why? My stock answer is Asian American. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll go with. Um and I would still say to this day if it's just an acquaintance that I don't think that I'm really going to get to know, I'll just be like, oh, well, I have a Japanese last name, and um, my mom's white, and then if I, like, but that is in a grocery line mm-hmm. or something, which yeah. doesn't happen that often, so I feel okay, yeah. like, doing that, um, as people, um, I just prefer to not talk about it. Totally, totally, 100%. That's for real. I just don't. To me, um, politics and race, more than politics and religion, because everyone was raised with something, mm-hmm. right, um, religion-wise, but, like, politics and race are just very uncomfortable topics for me, so I mm-hmm. won't. But if it is someone that I care about or, you know, that has a continual presence in my life, then I will be honest. Um it actually, it took me a little bit of time to tell my boyfriend. Really? <laughs> well, it never came up. Yeah. We just didn't discuss it uh-huh. for a long time. Because he saw my last name. And yeah. He's smart. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yes. so mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I obviously did tell him. Yeah. And he was surprised. Um, and so that was something. And, you know, we see his friends. They have never really asked, but... Um, like I don't divulge that readily mm-hmm. to, to, you know, yeah. things like that. So I don't know. It's, it's maybe not so good on my part. I, no. I'm just so private. You don't have to share your whole life story with people if you don't Thank want you, to. Kayla. Yes, because I feel like that's the thing is it's more than just someone who's clearly bi or multiracial, mm-hmm. not wanting to discuss it. Like, in order to explain it, I have to explain it. Yeah. And that is the part that, good, you understand. Not everyone mm-hmm. does. Well, it could be traumatizing. Yeah. Like, for certain people, like, yeah. if I have to dig up a story that I'm not totally comfortable with sharing over and over and yes. over again, you're going to eventually traumatize me, and I'm just going to snap at some person yeah. Yeah. by accident because it was another person that, triggered this yeah memory exactly uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so that's where I stand on that mm-hmm. what about you how do you prefer well I th- well I usually say half yeah how will you do I say half Asian <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I even say I say half Asian half Asian half white okay um 
And like, if I was to be really honest, I think I've gravitated towards people who don't ask. Like my yeah. friends, like they are yeah. not interested. Yes. Which is great. Yes. <laughs> like so amazing. Yeah. And I know them enough now that like, if they were ever interested, I'd be more than comfortable sharing with them. But I've gravitated towards people that see me for who I am and they're not just interested in what I what where I'm from or where my parents are from or why I look different than they do um which is really nice and I think like I don't know why I've gravitated towards those people maybe because I've been super annoyed in the past or hurt in the past by those people that have been asked that question but I don't know like I guess I don't I'm trying to even think about the last time I've been asked that it's been a while. Has it? Yeah. Okay. Which is... Yeah, same same for me. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that it happened so much when we were younger. Yeah. And now it doesn't and now happen. it's not as much. Well, I mean, I feel like it's because people grow up and hopefully they mature. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, politics and religion are the two topics that everyone avoids. But I feel like I would rather talk about those with people than my personal race and background. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that stems from the fact that people can change their political views and they can change their religion. They cannot change their, like, chromosomes. Yeah, totally. when you have been hurt by certain conversations, that doesn't leave you. And so it just, like you reel from Mm -hmm. anything related to that because you know you have no control over that right so they're gonna like target you for that we can't do a fucking thing about it Mm -hmm. so for that reason I feel like yeah no one ever wants to talk about politics or you know religion well they want to talk about their hatred for Trump (laughs) but I mean like those things almost feel more safe Mm -hmm. yeah totally especially politics like we all kind of think the same way in Portland yeah um like you said, we can't change who we are and right. like the experiences that we've had based on people asking such a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I still remember I was probably, this is the one childhood instance mm-hmm. that I do remember. This was before high school. This was, I it was probably like nine, maximum 11 years mm-hmm. old. And, um, I had a girl in my ballet class ask me when we were stretching, like, what are you? And she was, like, blonde-haired and blue-eyed, whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she, like, asked me what I am, and I didn't understand the question at first, because it was my first encounter, and I'm the only memorable one. And she's like, no, like, you're obviously not American. Louise yeah and I was like um and so again like meek little me I'm like I I have a Japanese last name and my mom's white and whatever and um she like I'll never forget we were in our middle splits and she like looked at me and was like I don't get you and then like silence for five seconds while I was like i did not know what to do in that moment, and then she was like, okay, can you help me stretch for this, and she, like, immediately Played moved it into, yeah, yeah. and it was super, those are the things, Kayla, is, like, she didn't realize, I don't think, we were just little kids, mm-hmm. how it sounded, and how hurtful, mm-hmm. but that's, like, the quintessential white 
non-white, mm-hmm. non-fully white example yeah. of um, like lack of regard, mm-hmm. you know, an oversight in yeah. terms of that. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. and I think like maybe it's a bit on us. Like we never right. were like, hey, you know, I don't like that question you're asking. Yeah, because yeah. it it just it's kind of insensitive and like mm-hmm. I've never said that to anyone and maybe it's on I never me have too. you You're know right like I'm sure accountability does go both ways mm-hmm. do you feel like you have a like a commu- a good community in Portland of people like maybe I don't know biracial multiracial that and that like what I said respect yeah what absolutely it, yeah um I would say like carte blanche my community is only people who are they don't see color Mm -hmm. or they do sorry that's in and of itself a loaded answer Mm -hmm. um they know and love and respect me for more than my biological makeup Mm -hmm. that's how I'll put it so yes I feel like I have hit the lottery in that regard um as far as having bi or multiracial friends that is very limited in Portland. Mm-hmm. I'm straight up saying it, but everyone knows that. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. it's like I'm counting on four fingers mm-hmm. how many people I have in my life. It is very interesting to talk to those people because it's like, holy shit, it is a huge breath of fresh air. You get it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, we can look at each other sometimes and not even say anything yeah. and, like, get what the other is thinking, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what about you? I think I have, yeah, right. I think yeah, I have well, the same community this, as yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, like I said, I've just gravitated towards people that don't see me as just different yeah. biracially or different racially than they are, Yeah. but more as who I am as a person. Um, I'm wondering for you, since you're kind of like in sharing your story with being adopted, mm-hmm. um, why now do you think you wanted or comfortable sharing that with many people other than just I think because um partially because I've been so lucky with my friend circle that I truly trust them and love them and feel safe with them Mm -hmm. but also just like I have gotten out of Vancouver Washington out of Portland Oregon I've lived abroad for seven years I've seen the world and it's like I've broadened my views and I've grown in who I am as a person to understand like there are bigger fish to fry than like yeah this personal struggle and I am who I am I can't change it I I'm just gonna accept it you mm-hmm. know like I'm in my late 20s no time like the present yeah. and um in the great big scheme of things um white ass portland and vancouver side like it's not a big deal people are from all around the world Mm -hmm. and so i just think i've reached a point also i know how i have felt in the past not all growing up i can't say that Mm -hmm. but there have been yes pinpointed times where it's been very painful and very lonely and i no, I'm not the only one that feels that way. So mm-hmm. I would love to be a voice yeah. for other people to listen to. And even if, like, we never connect, be like, oh, this girl knows. Like, she mm-hmm. understands. Yeah. Someone else does. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, let's do this. Totally. 
totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think like, well, for me, I'm kind of figuring out the person that I am yes. now and it takes, it takes years and yeah. it takes changes and it takes time and I could change tomorrow. Yeah. But like right now I feel very comfortable with who I am and what I identify as mm-hmm. that. Like you said, I am totally willing to talk to people who may not have that yet. Yes. Because everyone has a different timeline for that and it takes experiences and it, and it takes triumphs and fails and just like hard times to like figure that out. And I'm still like struggling with it, but if I could help someone like just a little, or if I could identify with someone else, how they're feeling, like I feel so good. Yeah. So, so good. And I think like, not speaking for you, but that was kind of the purpose of this is to help other people figure out their, their own identity. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're on the same page on that one, Kayla. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's like answering this question that we talked about with community. It's building that community for other people Mm -hmm. here in Portland. Yeah. And for people like not to be afraid to like struggle with that because yeah, it's real. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard. And I'm hoping that we can help other people figure that out. Well, Kayla, here we are. It has been uh, quite a while. Yep. But um, let's do a little catch up with each other, a little touch base and check in, see what has happened in the, I think it's about two years since we wrapped up our pod uh, cast episode where we interviewed each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's crazy that we are doing a check-in and this will be like the last check-in. We've checked in with everyone else and it's finally time to see how we're doing. If you're all still interested, okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> listening to us. Oh, yeah. So what has been um, happening in your life? Like what has changed? Yeah. Or yeah. Grown? yeah. Well, I mean, we're all going through COVID right now, so it's been different. Definitely. I haven't been working so it's been a an adjustment to having free time but also it being a pandemic and figuring out what the heck I'm supposed to be doing um yeah I know a lot of people are in the same boat that I am so it's just it's just adjusting figuring out life now and it's been weird I mean just in general it's a weird time um with COVID and with like an insurgence of Black Lives Matter and protests and having a president that doesn't know how to put together a sentence. It's just, it's a crazy time and all of it happening at once. I I think that it wouldn't have happened like the protests and the insurgence of all of that is needed for being against police brutality and all of that wouldn't have happened without COVID. I honestly think that. I don't know what you think. Wow, that's really good insight. Yeah, no, I would say I definitely agree with that. I mean, that maybe that may be a silver lining 
to this COVID shit show in that, you know, people have um, more time on their hands to really like dive into these issues and examine um, their communities and their country, but also inwardly themselves and to put in some serious reflection and um, learning Mm -hmm. education of others themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. I look listening back to our episode was a little rough. Like, I'm not going to lie. I think that I sounded kind of naive a little bit. I, with the time that I've had on my hands, I've had time to reflect on like, even just my white privilege because I'm half white and half Asian Pacific Islander. I'd still, I don't think I, I came into the podcast, like just really like thinking about my Filipino side and being proud of that and not really also reflecting that I have a white side that is privileged and that Mm -hmm. comes with certain things that I wasn't even aware of that I get to be more comfortable living than other people of color because I'm, I can be white passing. That is why a lot of people are fighting today is because there's, being black or like being a person of color like they don't get the same options that we do or I do because of my fairer skin and it's it's definitely a time for reflection on that yeah and I think it's been interesting for me to examine okay so when I went back to our episode I feel that I just kind of brushed a lot of um in my like my experience growing up like white um dominance not in the like not supremacy but I mean I went to a private school that Mm -hmm. was all white and you know that was the norm and I just kind of like brushed that under the rug I feel like and um I said something in the episode about like oh they're kids you know and I kind of made an excuse for some of the things that were said that really showed their uh, insensitivity. Mm -hmm. And um, I have been kind of examining myself as an adolescent Mm -hmm. and a college student and now a 30-year-old who is half white, did have grew up with a white mother, white, that side of the family, and kind of, in a weird way, it's almost like I didn't, I wasn't always so self-aware of being a minority, Mm -hmm. because, um, like, my mom's family were the ones that we saw much more regularly, and they didn't view me as, um, Asian, or, you know, it it wasn't spoken about, and going to an all-white school, and, um, up until having my eyes open going to university, where, um, there was a huge Asian population, and minority population, really, from many countries, like, I just didn't, I viewed myself as almost more white, and I wanted Mm -hmm. to assimilate to that, and now, when I look at look back on that and I look at myself now I think was there shame you know like what what was were my surroundings that caused me to to want that you know is that kind of a reflection of the society that I grew up in you know and Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, when you're a kid, all you want to do is, like, have friends and not stand out. You want to, like, blend in. You want to, like, make, you know, you don't want to be that person that's either being made fun of for the way that they look or the way that they dress or the things that they eat or like that you just want to be like everyone else yeah exactly exactly and I think that is what if that goes unexamined that's kind of what triggers or perpetuates I guess just the the euro ethnic ethnocentric or mm-hmm. whatever mindset yeah. and is that how we got here you know with these huge disparities and you know, I guess just being so unaware mm-hmm. and unempathetic of the other yeah because that's what I see now is what it comes down to is there's just so much lack of empathy for mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. yeah and like I mean even doing this podcast it's like I was listening back and people were like thanking us for like doing this but it's like thank them like they they're like (laughs) giving us like other perspectives like willing to share this and like allowing me to fully examine myself in that kind of way because I just I mean when I was younger I just wanted to fit in I didn't know I didn't fully grasp what it would have been like First, for, like, other people of color, and, like, second, just being a biracial person, it's, it wasn't talked about. I mean, there wasn't, I don't know, you know, it wasn't anything that I glommed onto to be like, oh, yeah, I'm cool, I'm biracial. Like, no, it was just, I don't know, maybe, yeah, I'm rambling it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I totally get that. It wasn't, um, I mean, yes, maybe it's not that we've deeply felt shame over having uh, Asian ancestry in us, but it also was like, we, I don't know, it doesn't sound like either of us were loud and proud of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, Kayla, you also said something in the podcast, too, that I, when I was going back and listening, I was like, damn, yes, I, same, same girl, but you were saying that you, um, like, your friend's friendship circle, it, like, two years ago when we did that podcast was, um, you know, your friends didn't really ask and you were okay with that. And mm-hmm. it just was not a topic that was on the table. But now like with Black Lives Matter, I mean, I have had so many deep and meaningful conversations with my friend friendship circle within my friendship circle that I also never would have had like two years ago because totally. no one really mm-hmm. thought to talk about stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So Cammy, what is new with you? I know you have some new news, and I know we, like, kind of discussed it, but what's going on? Yeah, um, well, my big news is, since we last spoke on the podcast, is that I am going to be starting law school this fall. <laughs> Yay! And, uh, yeah, dream, long time coming. I could not be more excited, um... I'm pretty sure I had started studying not long after we wrapped our interview episodes a couple years ago. So Mm -hmm. it's been a slow process, but um, I'm really excited. And one thing that I have really been thinking about hard since I applied to law school Mm -hmm. was when I went to check my um, ethnicity boxes, they allowed me to check 
uh, each of the backgrounds that I had, which I thought was cool. So I did get to put Vietnamese and then um, European. Mm -hmm. And um, I listed that on every application. But then I also, in my personal essays, I wrote about um, being adopted from an Asian country. And I have wondered at times, did writing that and sharing that really, was that an application boost? You know, the opposite of white privilege, like the one time where it may not pay to be white, mm-hmm. you know, like, because yeah, they, I'm a blind applicant to them, you know, they can't see me. So mm-hmm. I chose to disclose that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, do I sometimes benefit maybe ungratefully mm-hmm. from both? types of privilege you know white privilege and that man while I don't look white passing I was raised in that community mm-hmm. and I had a lot of access to things which was great um but also then like when it comes to schooling and stuff and and job applications do I don't know like yeah am I benefiting from Asian privilege or Um, you know, I've just been thinking about that. And also, like, yes, I've had some, some very hurtful things in my own bouts of um, racism that I have been the receiver of. But at the end of the day, when I watched those videos Mm -hmm. with George Floyd and, um, Ahmad and I read these horrific deaths I think oh my god I it doesn't my experience doesn't really hold a candle to to other you know to other groups Mm -hmm. and um you know as a female who is Asian and a runner I was thinking about that like none of those things I don't have to fear for my life being any of those things. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just been sort of like, oh, my God, overload. On totally. To really examine. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we can't help who we are. Right. Point blank. But it's so important, especially now that we're taking the time to, like you said, examine and be fully aware of how we got to where we are and how other people don't have that same path because of the color of their skin, where they grew up, the parents they had. And as long as I think we're reflecting and not making it harder for those people to have a better life, and yeah. then I, yeah. I think that's all we're meant, I mean, what we can do, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah, at the opposite end of the spectrum, there has to be grace Mm -hmm. for others, most importantly, but for ourselves, too. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that's a really good point. And you've worked hard. You've worked hard for, (laughs) you've worked really hard to get into law school. Like, that's no joke. That's no joke. And being adopted, I mean, regardless of whatever I don't know, like stupid statistic you might think that you fall under. It's like you've had to go through a lot of stuff and you have a whole nother identity path journey than most people.
Thanks again for listening to Two or More. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Living Two or More. If you have any feedback or your own story you'd like to share, feel free to email us at livingtwoormorepodcast at gmail.com.